Welcome to Other People's Lives, a podcast where each week we speak with an anonymous stranger that we found on the internet who we think is interesting. I'm your host, Joe Sanagato, along with my co-host, Greg Dyback. This week, Greg found an ad titled, Are You Lonely or Alone? Need a Family? So we decided to reach out to this person, and they've agreed to join us for a phone call in a few minutes. But before we speak with them, Greg, let's take a look at the ad. What's going on here? So this ad is titled, Are You Lonely? alone need a family and the ad reads we are a group of young men who have bonded together to try and form a family of like-minded people who will hopefully become a real family and be there to support and nurture each other we are gay and straight and our common thread is that we want the support and love a family can bring us we range in age from 38 to 20 and are of all backgrounds this is not a sexual thing and we request that you not smoke or use drugs. For now, we keep in touch mainly by phone and have a facilitator to help us. If you feel that you are in need of a family or just like the idea of being with others who can be there for you, please drop us an email and tell us a little about your, about yourself. All are welcome as long as they are willing to follow the rules and are willing to be supportive and caring towards other members. Uh, then there's a sign-off that says, we hope to hear from you. L-M-M-A-P-C, and then in parentheses, it says members' initials. So I'm assuming that's the six, first Six-man family. Yeah, six-man family. Uh, so, yeah, really curious about this one. I don't really know what it means. This could easily just be... I don't even know, man. I'm not even going to make predictions. Let's just give this guy a call and see what's up. Hello. Hey, how's it going? This is Greg calling from yeah, Other People's good. Lives Podcast. Hey, thanks for uh, taking the call today. No, no problem. Well, so I'm here with my co-host, Joe. Hey, how's it going? Hi. Uh, so I just wanted you to kind of explain the idea behind creating a family um, for people who you said are are lonely. Like, how did, the, how did this idea start? Well, actually, it's not so much... I mean, I guess lonely would qualify, but it's actually more people who are gay and possibly, you know, the family has kicked them out. They have no one, no support, no one, you know, to kind of help them like most kids have. So the idea was I wanted to try to help these kids, most of them, well, young adults, I guess I should say, to, like, form a family among themselves so that they could rely on each other and, you know, visit each other, call each other, you know, be a support group, whereas they had no support before that. Wow. So, okay, so that's really interesting. So people who are gay whose families have, in a sense, disowned them or maybe even have gone so far as to kick them out or just not support them at yeah, all anymore? Yeah, basically, yeah, disowned them, kicked them out. Uh, or even if they did kick them out, they really just have, feel like they have no support in terms of, you know, they may visit their family, but they're not even allowed to talk about being gay or, you know, it's such a taboo subject that they don't, you know, don't feel comfortable talking to their parents about it. So hopefully, wow. you know, the idea was they would talk with each other, get support from each other. And, I mean, in reality, you don't have to be gay to do this. It's really any kid who, you know, has been abandoned or, they grown up with alcoholic parents or drug abused parents, so I mean anyone is welcome. But 
you know, spending to be more, you know, gay kids, gay young adults. Is it, how many members are in the family as of right now? Um, well, right now we have six. Right. Um, and is everyone currently of, gay? Uh, I'm sorry, I couldn't quite hear you. Uh, uh, is everyone who's currently in the family right now gay? No, actually, uh, two are basic, two are straight, or call themselves straight. Okay. So this is, wow, this is, this is really powerful. I don't, didn't necessarily get this uh, from the Craigslist ad when we reached out. Um, but wow, what, what sparked this idea? Is this, does this come from personal experience that you had? What, what made you want to create this support system? Uh, actually, it's more from the opposite experience. I, I was very lucky. I had two parents, uh, one who was a college professor, the other one a school teacher who were extremely left-wing socialist type parents. And they never had a problem. Actually, my sister's a lesbian, and I'm gay, and they totally welcomed partners into you know the family, and it was never a problem for me. But and I realized that for so many kids, it was a problem, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to try to do something to to just kind of help them to realize that even if they didn't have parents, that they could rely on someone else. And then, quite honestly, what's kind of happened is they pretty much rely on me now. I've, you know, while I've been trying to get them to kind of start supporting each other, they sort of all kind of turn to me whenever anything goes wrong. So I'm trying, you know, hard to get them to, you know, talk to each other, to visit each other, to, you know, at least start having contact. But what I'm realizing is, they all kind of think of me as the dad, and right, you know, uh-huh. yeah, it's kind of become like I'm I'm the parent for these guys. So, how do you guys communicate? Is it through like email or texting, or do you meet up in person? Uh, email, texting. I get you know phone calls if they feel like they need to talk. Uh, you know, it's all different ways. I you know, they all pretty much do all three depending on you know what the situation or you know. It makes, you know, particularly if there's a problem, I'll get a phone call and they'll say, you know, this has happened, what do I do type of thing. And, you know, I was trying before to say, you know, try to get, you know, get some of the other members to help you see what they think. But, you know, and somehow in the end, they all kind of figure, I guess because I'm the, <laughs> the old man here, that, you know, I'm the one to solve the problems. Right. So, um, you, so you're basically a, a one-man support system right now for... So, yeah, I'm pretty much a one-man support system right now. And uh, for most of them, they're actually they're doing pretty good, you know, in terms of how their lives are going. I mean, I mean I'm constantly contacting them. I'm sort of doing what I kind of wanted the other members to do, which was to call each other, to talk, to arrange things, you know, possibly me, to, to do things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's happening is I'm the one that's kind of forced to do it all right now. You know, my hope is, you know, to um, to start getting them to be more active with each other and uh, call each other and to talk with each other so that, uh, you know, they can feel more comfortable with each other. I think for, all, for most of them, you know, their life was pretty hectic and pretty, you know, pretty uncomfortable. They're not really used to turning to somebody else. So, right. You know, I became the de facto parent. Are there... 
examples that you can give of some of the situations that these members are in or have experienced, obviously, you know, without giving out any identities or um, anything like that? Well, you know, depression is a big problem with pretty much every one of them, I would say. Um, you know, they, you know, they're scared. They, you know, they don't know what to do. They, you know, they never really had a family to kind of teach them some basic skills. So, you know, they, they don't know how to succeed in the world somewhat. So, you know, we do a lot of stuff, for, you know, talking about job training and what they can do and, you know, how to get a job, how to, you know, relate to other people. Um, you know, one of them has pretty serious anxiety issues and, um, you know, while he liked to get out and work, he's so afraid of other people right now because he had a really horrible upbringing and foster care and, you know, just, you know, from his side of the story, I haven't heard, you know, what the foster parents say, but according to him, he was abused pretty badly. Um, So it's really tough for him to try to get out and be around people because he's afraid of what will happen. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's all different types of things, and it kind of, you know, I was a social worker for 24 years, and, you know, it was one of the things every day I went to work, I never knew what my clients might have gotten themselves into, and this is sort of the same thing, I'm never really sure. Um, we did have, like, recently one incident, we kind of matched two of them up to live together, and that kind of fell apart real badly. Um, you know, they just really didn't get along at all, so I had to kind of, hmm. and then actually one of them living with me right now because we had no other place to put him. He's living with you? So, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I just had, you know, I mean, we're going to find, an, you know, the idea is that, you know, to find another place. And this is actually the one that's been the most successful. He's working full time. He's doing really well. So, you know, you can get, you know, my idea is hopefully I want to get him to get his own place. And then I have another one who really needs a place to live. So I'm hoping those two can then match up. How um, can you walk us through? Um, so, well, you answered one of the questions was going to be, do you do you have a background in this? And and you mentioned that you were a social worker. Um, yeah, so I have a yeah bachelor's in social work and then a master's in mental health counseling. And I was a mental health caseworker for twenty four years. Okay, wow. Um, and I mainly well, I worked with both kids and adults with severe mental health issues. So I'm kind of used to kind of dealing with mm. these type of situations. So what and other realize there's nobody else doing it? So right, I decided to do it myself. No, that's uh, it's really intriguing um, and and interesting. What type of other support? So it seems like beyond being someone that they can talk to, now you actually have someone living with you. Uh, what's the process of like how involved are you in their lives in terms of? like helping them get jobs, uh, have places to live, things like that? Are you providing I'm monetary support? With, yeah, I'm pretty much involved with everything. Now, you know, some of them, most of them do not live in the Seattle area, so most of that is over the phone. Or, like one of them, he's unfortunately he's on the verge of becoming homeless, and he lives uh, in the Portland, Oregon area, and I'm working real hard. He's actually the one I'm hoping to match up with the one who's living with me right now. Because mm-hmm. uh, he really wants to move to Seattle. Um, and then there's one down in Arizona. He used to live in Seattle, and he's debating. He kind of wants to come back. Um, but he's, you know, he had kind of a rough time the first time, so he's debating about it. Uh, 
I'm actually going to go down to Arizona for another reason, so I'll meet with him and, you know, see how his situation is. Um, and there's one in South Dakota who's actually doing pretty well, so... Um, and he and one other one actually become pretty good friends, so they talk a lot. So as I figure, the one good success is those two. Yeah. Uh, who are becoming you know, really good friends. And, you know, I'm I'm not giving up on it, that's for sure. It's uh, just not going quite the way I had hoped. But then again, I knew with this kind of thing, with these kind of clients, that we'd have some rough times and some, you know, things that just sort of... Probably, you know, I knew there's a good chance things might kind of fall apart and not go quite the way I'd hoped, and I'll just, you know, kind of keep working on it. And, you know, if I end up being, the, you know, the main support for them, that's fine, too. I, you know, I don't mind doing it. At least it gives them somebody that they can fall back on if, uh, you know, life gets really rough for them because they have no one else. So, it's, you know, kind of something I can do for them, and that's no problem. Right. In the ad, you say, uh, hopefully, become a real family. What do you exactly mean by that? Well, what I meant by that was, I had originally, and I still hope this will work. I mean, I, I know it's going to be a long-term process, was, but I wanted these guys to really think of each other as brothers or family members who they could go visit, who they could call up and say, hey, I'm having this situation, you know, can I talk to you about it? who really genuinely will think of themselves as, well, I have this brother, and, you know, almost like a real family there where they can depend on each other and talk to each other, and, you know, if something goes wrong, they can, you know, maybe go visit and help out and just be a real support so that each one would know that, you know, I'm not totally alone in the world because, you know, I kind of stress with them, you know, that I'm a lot older than they, and I'm not going to be around for the rest of their lives. But I wanted to make sure they each had each other so that, you know, when things got rough and when things got hard for them, they could hopefully rely on each other. And, you know, it's very slowly beginning to happen, but not quite how I not quite happening the way I'd hoped. But then again, I know it's sort of at the beginning. So I, I always knew there'd be a lot of rough times. But the main goal was just to provide a support system so that they wouldn't feel all alone because I also know, you know, with the fact that so many of them suffer from depression that, you know, if they're not getting someone watching out and helping, you know, unfortunately that can have some pretty severe consequences. How long ago did you start this? I'm sorry, how long ago? Yeah. It actually hasn't been that long. I, I don't remember the exact time when I decided to go ahead and try it. It's really only been maybe six months. Wow. If even that long. And it started on, on uh, Craigslist where you put this ad out and just kind of... No, well, actually, I, uh, I started um, knowing the ones who are in it now were all ones I knew before Craigslist. And then I, we thought we'd you know, it'd be nice to try to add some more members to it. We've actually, unfortunately, had no luck with the Craigslist ad. Well, we've had some some interesting responses to the Craigslist ad. Like ours, probably, um, right? <laughs> a lot of older men have responded. I, I'm not real clear what, what they're wanting because they've responded, and then we set up times to meet, and none of them have ever shown up. 
so I'm not real clear on what. I'm hoping their motives were legit. I'm a little concerned that maybe some of them were, were thinking, I mean, even though we stress it is not a sex thing, I'm not sure that some of these particularly older guys weren't uh, thinking that's what it was going to become. Well, yeah, it's it's that's probably always a worry with Craigslist or any anonymous thread online. Yeah. So, you know, I was going to, you know, screen them pretty carefully to make absolutely certain that they understood. I mean, I think in if they, they were legit, it could be a good thing to have somebody older who, again, has gone through life and has gone through some circumstances, you know, might have had some similar circumstances. Um, but I just want to be absolutely certain that it's not the predator type of son who's just right. thinking, oh, well, I'll have all these young guys I can have sex with. Would you ever consider revising the ad or making it more specific? I mean, I think for us, it piqued our interest for this show, uh, but just hearing all of this now is is definitely a shock, I think. Uh, we definitely didn't totally understand um, what the idea behind this was just from the ad. Oh, yeah, you know, that's the point. Maybe I need to go back and, uh, I mean, I know I've changed it a couple of times, but, you know, I'm just, you know, a phrase in there, but you know, maybe I do need to go back and um, and just you know, just read it again and maybe see how I'm interpreting it to make sure. Um, you know, I hadn't really thought about it, but it's probably a good thing for me to do because you know, obviously, the first response, the people who are responding to it are not the well, I shouldn't say I'm not the type because I don't want to assume anything, mm. but uh. You know, when I'm not really getting the response, I kind of thought I would, so it might be worth it to yeah, that, know, maybe it, go back and that That could try. be interesting. I'm um, kind of, right now I'm kind of holding off even running the ad till kind of, you know, I said we had some problems with some, some of them, and I kind of want to get things to settle down again and see if we can restructure this. Um, and then maybe, you know, and then try an ad or, you know, maybe just stick with the ones we have for a little while and see if we can really get them to bond and then possibly look into adding people. Um, but it's pretty much up to these guys whether we do anyway. Right. Uh, I noticed also that you say we request that you do not smoke or do any drugs. Uh, why is that? And is are there any other kind of Well, uh, we rules? don't... I definitely don't want... I mean, smoking is, you know, that... I'll, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm very anti-smoking. It's I feel like it's such a dangerous thing, and you know if I start smoking or you know if you start smoking now, your chances of you know developing lung cancer, something is so great. But I'd really, really prefer to try not to to get smokers. You know, obviously if I do, we'll work on that. I'm I and also I prefer I'm not. Looking for people who have alcohol and drug problems, I just felt that would just be too dangerous to our group who could be maybe too success. It'd be too susceptible to them to start using it themselves or trying it. So I'm trying to avoid anybody who has already had, you know, a drinking alcohol problem. I think it really messed things up for us. Right. So um, trying to make sure that. You know, and again, you can't always guarantee it, but I'll at least try and 
you know, I felt like again, I, I worked in the system, I worked with a lot of problems, a lot of clients with drug and alcohol issues, and I just feel like these guys came from those kind of situations. I don't want to force it on them again. Would you say that this is pretty much your calling in life? I think it seems like you've dedicated uh, most of your life to helping others, and now um, are you yeah. are you retired from social work? Yeah, I'm, I am retired from, uh, I had a medical thing come up and I went into, I decided, part of it is I was in a field where you got assaulted by clients a lot and I decided I was getting tired of oh, wow. getting hit by clients. Um, and I just, first I started doing things like I used to make sandwiches and I'd walk around downtown Seattle and pass out sandwiches to homeless people and I did stuff like that. Um. And then I, you know, this sort of came across. And also, I, I do another thing where I help people file for SSI and SSDI claims uh, who are homeless. Because the way the system is set up, a lot of people who get sent down don't realize you can appeal it. And so I help them do the appeal and get a lawyer and go through the whole thing. Because uh, my family is Social Security purposely has it set up so that you don't understand that you can appeal it, and that most people don't win it until you really actually go in front of a judge rather than just a hearing. Mm -hmm. So I just say you know, I do all different types of things. But my main focus has been more, you know, obviously on this thing, getting this thing going. Right. Uh, and right now it mentions only men. Would you ever open this up to women as well? Yeah, actually, you know, again, if, if a woman who was in this, in this situation... Um, well, I, yeah, I, you know, I guess I would talk with the guys and say, how do you feel about this? I, you know, I think at some, I, I, my thought was always at some point to get women involved in this. I, I you know, I just thought for now, you know, it's, I would say, you know, while there are a lot of, well, Seattle has a terrible homeless problem, but it's more men who are, who are involved in it. So I kind of thought, start with them and then. I think that stabilized, maybe, you know, have some women join the, you know, join the group if they really wanted. Um, so it's, I'm actually open to anybody joining it per se, but, you know, I felt like I needed to kind of respect what the guys were kind of wanting. Right. From your experience, how important is having this support system or having seen so many clients in the situation where, uh, in situations where they feel like they don't have support systems, uh, well, what, what kind of difference uh, can that make? I think it's a life and death situation. Um, you know, chances of overdosing, of suicide, of dying from early illness, you know, everything that can go wrong kind of can go wrong if you don't have someone to, if you don't really feel like you have someone you can rely on. And you know, I saw just too many times. Um, you know, even my my very first day working as a social worker in Seattle, I, you know, a client uh, overdosed on meds, and you know, just saw continually clients doing some you know pretty harmful things to themselves because they felt like they didn't have anyone, or you know, no, there's no family or no one to really, and it's. It's really horrible. I think the you know, I obviously I don't know for for an absolute fact. But I think it's across the whole country now. You know, our mental health services are so pathetically bad. 
that, you know, we're just allowing these people to just be out in the streets and providing no no services. And then we wonder why, like in Seattle, we have such a high suicide rate and so many people are found dead in, you know, tents and things, and, you know, we don't do anything for them. So I thought, well, at least I could try to make a little bit of a difference and, you know, at least hopefully protect some of these kids. Do you... Does it scare you at all taking on this responsibility, feeling like... You know, it's funny. It doesn't. Uh, you know, I, other people are like, you know, you're crazy. and But you know what? I mean, <laughs> I've been working with these type of people my whole life. I, as I said, yeah, you know, I've been assaulted a lot of times, and I just, I don't think about it. I. But the fact that you're you know, kind I, of this sole supporter right now, it, it doesn't scare you that what if you can't pick up the phone at the right moment or, you know, be there for one of these kids? Or is that just something that you, well, you can't you know, consider? Well, you know, that's obviously a risk that can happen. You know, I make sure they understand I'm not going to be able to be there 24-7. You know, I will always get back to them if there's a message. Um, you know, with one of them, I kind of did, you know, one of the first kids. Yeah, I really hate saying kids because they're not young adults. Um you know, he, he had, I was out of town, and he kind of had a, uh, a relapse of drinking and got arrested, and things really fell apart from um, You know, he's kind of turned things around again. But uh, I know that, you know, I try to be there as much as possible, but, you know, obviously, being the only one, I, I kind of make it clear to them, I will get back to you as soon as possible. I will do you know what I can, but I'm not going to be, you know, 24 seven. Sir, I got to say, this is probably some of the most admirable things I've ever heard in my entire life. And I don't think oh, a lot of people like you. you exist. And it's just like, uh, no, unfortunately, you know, I wish they were, because, um, you know, I said, I, I actually, you know, I do have some serious health issues going on. So, you know, <laughs> I do worry that I'm not going to be around, uh, you know, carry this on, and I'm, um, you know, kind of wishing somebody or anybody would kind of help me out with this. Uh, but uh, you know, I realized that when I started some other projects, it's pretty much me. And uh, you know, it's what's what's so sad about it is not only do I not really get anyone to help out, but people automatically assume I'm, that I'm the one who's like a predator looking to have sex. Right. Uh, you know, people don't really believe that anyone could be doing this unless they, you know, were getting something out of it. And people, have, I've been accused so often of of doing this solely just to try to, you know, try to find young guys to have sex with. That I, I just find that I don't care. If people want to believe that. That's their choice. Um, I've never done that. That will never happen. And if people want to believe it, I can't do anything about it. Um, it in my mind, it tells more about them. Than anything. Hundred percent. Um, Greg, do you have anything else you want to ask? I guess is there. I mean, I'm I'm interested in in you and just what I mean. You mentioned before that you kind of uh, used, I guess, your upbringing, uh, which seemed positive and stable. Uh, but was it was there anything else that just really led you down the path of social work and to Continue well, my dad was retirement. a dean of, of school, social work. Um, my mom taught developmentally disabled kids 
we grew up in a very political, very socially active family that was real involved. I mean, you know, I from a little from a from a little kid, I was passing out leaflets for like George McGovern in '72, and you know, doing political stuff our whole life. And we had a kind of home where um, people all races, all backgrounds, gay couples, you know, interrac- you know, everybody was in a house while I was growing up. And some of them, I guess, I, I was too young to realize that some of them, I guess, were pretty, some of the major people in the civil rights movement and stuff like that. And it just, I grew up in a family that, made, you know, where it was very clear we did, you know, we did whatever we could to help other people, that we were lucky that we had the upbringing we did, but that so many people didn't. And therefore, we had to really reach out to help other people and uh, to get involved and to get involved in politics. And so, you know, I'm not, it's not like, I mean, all my brothers and sisters are pretty much the same way, where, you know, a bunch of left-wing socialist hippie types. <laughs> um, and so uh, we're just kind of continuing the thing that our parents started, uh, you know, when they were, you know, back in the 50s, basically. Wow. That is awesome. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, we're going to wrap it up, but I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and, and uh, sharing all of that. Oh, yeah. I'm glad to do it. Hopefully it'll motivate some others to do the same. I'm sure it will. I think so. And is there, uh, obviously, totally your choice to remain anonymous, but uh, if there's anything, you know, any any sign off that you have, any place where people could reach you if they are interested in helping. Yeah, you? I I don't give you know that's fine. My name's you know Matt Cohen, and if anyone wants to help me out, my telephone number is two zero six three hundred seven three two five, and they are more than welcome to call me. And you know, um, I guess the, you know the final thing I'm going to say is. You know, I think Trump is probably the most dangerous man we've ever elected president, and he will do a major harm, I think, to people. And so we need to get more involved because, you know, it's going to be a real disaster, and, you know, we have to really try to help and protect uh, particularly immigrants and anyone who's, you know, he's going after because it's going to really, really hurt a lot of people unless those of us who are able to, you know, protect them and you know, I've already said if you know, I will hide immigrants in my house if I have to, because we can't let him get away with it. Well, after this conversation, I have no doubt that you would <laughs> do something like that. Um, but yeah, no, we we really appreciate this. Um, this was great, and I think that's the uh, first phone number given out on the show. Oh uh, yeah. Um, yeah, if you're if you're comfortable with that, um, obviously. I have no can, problem. You know. I know I may get phone calls I don't don't necessarily want, but it's okay. You know, I'm I'm used to it, and I'm I'm a pretty tough guy, so right. I can handle it. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time. You're an incredible man. No. Well, thank you. I appreciate you putting me on. Great, and good luck with everything. Okay. Thank you. See Bye. ya. Goodbye. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> What have you done today, John? Exactly. <laughs> ever. My whole fucking life. What will I do? Yo, you guys, listen. All right. I'm going to be completely real with this episode, okay? When I first saw this ad, I thought exactly what he said. Right. You think of sex right away. First of all, I mean, because of the stigma that uh, 
fucking Craigslist has where it's kind of like people will say whatever just to fuck whatever, you know? Literally say anything. Yeah. So this guy's like, oh, if you're lonely, you need a family. Like, let's be a family and we'll just, you know, we'll just one day we could be a real family. And you're like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, you know what I mean? And that's kind of like, you know, we wanted to find out what it was. And I think a small part of me was kind of like, I hope this goes off the rails and it's just like some just wild shit where it's just kind of like, yeah, we need a family and it's just like some weird shit. Right. And then Jesus Christ (laughs) picks up the phone and tells us about this, this just amazing thing that he set up. And I just feel like I am such a piece of shit. And it's just like, oh man, that was unbelievable. I I was shocked when he. We he were so like right thrown off. We're like, what? <laughs> but I I think that's true that you do not get any of that from the ad. And no, you uh, don't. I mean, he's obviously been in this field for a long time. But my advice would be just be straightforward with the ad, and hopefully you would find you know the right people or attract the type of people that you're trying to yeah, attract. Yeah, alone and lonely. You know, in in the title, I think is misleading. I think that's where mm-hmm. it. it it was, it came off strange to me. It's kind of like you just want a bunch of lonely people and you guys are going to hang out. You know what I mean? But my God, this guy is just an amazing person. It just. Do you think something like this could work out? I mean, it, it's tough because it's, I get what he's doing and support I is think so it important. could. It's kind of like, you remember Pay It Forward? You remember that movie? Right. I mean, right Haley yeah. He ended up getting stabbed in that movie, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. Uh, what he's doing makes sense. He wants their, you know, he, he came from a place with his family. Everyone's, you know, helping people. So he knows what it takes. He kind of wants to pass that on to people mm-hmm. so that there can just be this one big family. Like these, there's six people in there right now. Imagine if he had the time or the ability to sit with each of them and kind of explain how to do this, how just to do that, how be, to help be people. Be a counselor, be that Exactly. Worker, and then yeah. they could find new people. And it's kind of like a pay it forward. It's like, you learned that for this guy helped me and now I'm, stable enough to be able to help other people and just spread that well i think the the bigger idea too is connecting those people with each other yeah and he said it best it's just a reminder that you're not alone in the world you're not alone in your situation Uh, and i'm sure you know that could go a long way for some people yeah dude wow that was fucking. and he gave his phone number that was uh Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, if anyone's listening and, and just feels like this is the thing for you, hop on in. Yeah. He mentioned he was in Seattle. I think Seattle yeah. area. Did we get a name? Uh, I th- He said Matt or Max. Oh, yeah. Okay. Them, I just, but, I forgot, but wow. Yeah. So cool. So, uh, there's an example of it's so meeting we- a stranger. Isn't it ridiculous how it's so weird <laughs> that we're like, exactly what he said again where he was just kind of like a lot of people are expecting like why are you doing this like you must be getting something out of it right or he's just a fucking genuine ass person who just really wants to help people i mean we only know from one conversation but he he seemed genuine i think so he just knew too much he was too fluent with his answers there was no hesitation Mm -hmm. it was just like he knew it It seemed like he really cared yeah and it makes sense when you when i mean you're families you know works in and helping people like Mm -hmm. i mean you know for the most part you become your parents but um wow that was fucking cool man all right that was an unexpected one that That was was, that was really cool this is why we do the show (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) we go and expecting something like a little off and you get this amazing shit um anyway we're gonna wrap up here go follow us on twitter at opl show 
Um, or reach us at OPLshow.com, the website where you can find all the episodes. And there's going to be a contact uh, tab, tab yeah. where if you want to contact us and maybe tell us about your interesting story or an interesting story that you know, um, definitely hit us up. Let us know that. And maybe you can you can be on the show. And uh, if you want to contact me personally, I'm on Twitter at Joe Sanagato and Greg. At Greg Dybeck. And that is all. That's all we got. Thanks for listening.